0: All right, good to talk to you tonight. Having a fun show. You can always get in touch by texting six thirty six thirty. the open line 780-496-0063. Here's what's happening in the NHL tonight as we check out your scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. The Panthers lead the Islanders 2-0, about five minutes left in the third, trying to tie that series. Hawks and Blues 1-1 early in the third. The Lightning... Beat the Detroit Red Wings 5 2 to go up 2 0 in that series. Tyler Johnson scored twice. Predators and Ducks will start in about half an hour. American Hockey League, the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors leading Milwaukee 3 2 early in the third. The AJHL final underway tonight in Spruce Grove. It's a best of seven. Brooks leading the Saints in the second period, and the Blue Jays trailing the Red Sox 5-3 that game into the top of the ninth. The Bentley Generals will play for the Allen Cup Championship tomorrow in Steinbach, Manitoba. They beat Shelbrook 3-1 today in a semifinal. All right, pretty uh, big news here for a young man who's been enjoying an excellent career with the U of A football team. Pleased to welcome to the show running back Ed Elnicki. Ed, you're on with Reed again, man. How are you doing? Good how are you doing Reed? Good now are you done all your exams
1: yet or you still got a few to go? No, we're right in the middle of it right now. I'll be wrapping up next week.
0: Okay, well I, I hopefully you, you, I'm not interrupting any Friday night studying.
1: Uh, no, we just finished up practice actually. I just ran off the field to grab my phone to be on with you tonight. Okay, good stuff. what are you studying at? Uh, I'm taking finance at U of A. So oh I'm good just man finishing up my third year here.
0: Okay, right and uh, now these are these are some spring practices you guys are allowed to do a few of those.
1: Yeah, yeah, we get, um, I believe Coach gets 20 practices throughout the off season, and then we've got, so we've been doing some stuff indoor. We were at Commonwealth Fieldhouse for a little while, and now we're doing some stuff here on our new turf at foot, and then leading into spring camp just at the end of the month here where we get to welcome in all the high school guys, so it'll be fun.
0: Okay, I, and I'm assuming that you're limiting the contact here in the off season.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got a couple good practices in where we got some banging in, but um, <laughs> no, we've been pretty light. Like tonight, we were just doing some passing stuff. It's all system and focusing on that, making sure we're, our timing's really good. And then we show up for spring camp, and that's when it gets pretty competitive.
0: What's it like when the high school kids come in? I mean, they want to prove themselves and make the team, um, but yeah. I also assume there, there's an adjustment there. I mean, do the veterans got to ease sure. them into it, or what's it like?
1: Uh, you know, it always depends on the guy, and it depends on the position you're in, right? Like, some guys are able to come in, and depending on their body and stuff, and depending on where where they are in the system, it's really easy to come in right away and play and have an impact but a lot of guys you know you got to spend time learning the system you got to be in your playbook that whole weekend i remember my first year the first night of my spring camp i was so nervous and you got a lot of we got a great group of guys that are super supportive but there's always there's always guys that you know you just got to work your butt off you got to keep your head down a little bit because you don't want to be too proud as a rookie but there's a lot of guys that we're, we're always very welcoming and the guys always do great work when they show up
0: ed where did you go to high school i played in spruce grove so were you so part so of those teams? Did, didn't did they win back to back provincial championships? Didn't they have some good teams?
1: <laughs> we uh, when I was in grade twelve, we went to the provincial final. But okay, that was the that was actually the best that we had ever had out of a Parkland team. So okay. something to be proud of. But we didn't quite get there. We didn't quite quite finish it.
0: Well, I remember you guys had some good teams. How how old are you now? Twenty twenty one.
1: 20 turning 21 just to here in july
0: okay so i mean what's the transition been like for you maybe mentally and physically since you came out of parkland
1: oh man um really i think my first year there's definitely something you can take away from each year i know my first year it was coming in i was okay i can run the ball i understand that but it was all the extra stuff it was your pass blocking it was understanding where to be in your routes all the time so it was learning that system and that kind of just accelerated to now it's Trying to get all around game in that. And now with our new system that we're running, it's really being involved in the pass game where our running back needs to know the passing game just as well as you need to know what's going on inside the box. So I think that's the next progression that I'm really focusing on.
0: All right. So as a Golden Bear, what have you gone from zero wins to two wins? And then what was it this year, three or four?
1: No, it was two as well this year. Oh, it was, it was just actually, two this year? It was three the year before, one by default to a, dis- a disqualified Calgary team. In the first game so we're on the way up we were definitely disappointed with how things went last year but there's a lot of room to grow we've got a great young group again coming in but now we're all getting now we're all coaches first recruiting class we're all entering our fourth and fifth years so now it's really time to step up and, and play some meaningful games
0: yeah absolutely well i know that program's been been trying to uh, to get it going and chris morris mm-hmm. uh, your head coach definitely trying to build a strong foundation there, absolutely. Ed Ilnicki, running back for the U of A Golden Bears joining us, and the reason we have you on the show is because you've been invited to play for the West team in the East-West Bowl in Montreal a month from now. It's going to be on May 14th. I think you're going to go out a few days ahead of time. Tell us a little bit about why it's important you and a couple of teammates have been named to this.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's a good representation of how we've grown as a program. I remember my first year coming in, there was always one or two guys heading out from heading out from uh, U of A to go play in this game, but now we had the three of us that are going, but we had four or five other guys that are definitely were in position to be on that roster, and you it depends how it works. So there's a lot of great football players in Canada West and across the country, but definitely we had a good group of 10 guys that could have the capability to play in that game. So it shows you how far we've come as a group, how much we've grown up as a group together, which is something that's really cool to reflect on
0: yeah absolutely so tyler henry and is it andre 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 webster Webster, yeah okay and they're and they're both receivers
1: yes they are yeah i've been playing with both of them now for three years dre and i played together and against each other in high school and tyler and i have been training together he was right when i was coming out of high school we were were training together so i've known both of them for about four years now so good experience it'll be a lot of fun to spend time with those guys and also get to hang out with a few guys from across the country that are that are very talented football players.
0: Well, th- and it, it, uh, I mean, I know it's one game, so you don't want to hang too much on it, but you will be mm-hmm. up against uh, in a game with about 85 other CIS players, and you're all uh, heading into your draft year. and And I assume that uh, one of your goals in in your life would be, uh, you know, to play pro football.
1: Absolutely, you know, everyone the that, everyone that's going to this thing is serious about their game at all. You know, it's not a week where you show up and a couple reps are a bit easier and then you have to go up against somebody who really knows what they're doing It's every single rep you're going to take is going to be a guy that has CFL scouts looking at him to see what's going on and that's just that's, that in itself is an honor you, you know you want to be in that conversation and to be around those guys and to get the chance to learn from them more than anything and to get a chance to be exposed to the whole experience is what I think is, is going to be a lot of fun to take away. And to do it with a few of your teammates is even better, right?
0: Yeah. no have you, have you talked to anybody or maybe several people about, okay, you know, I'm a third-year university player. I would like to play in the Canadian Football League. What do I have to do to get from here to there?
1: Yeah, you know, we've had, with our coaching staff, we've had a lot of guys that have done some great things in terms of CFL, and that's something that's always in the back of your mind. But for me personally, I know that, I know that it's something that I'm aiming towards and I wanna I wanna have the opportunity to do, but it's also something where it's it's a long it's still a long ways away, even though I'm entering my draft year it is you've gotta you gotta focus on this season, you gotta focus on the next workout and what's gonna happen, what you're gonna do tomorrow to get yourself there instead of worrying about well what kind of impact am I gonna have in this game, it's I gotta I gotta show up ready to play at East West before I really start worrying about my draft stock or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Is, is there a running back who people would know that you would compare yourself to, style-wise? Style
1: um, I don't know. Like the closest, I would say that somebody might have seen. I'm definitely a lot smaller than him, but I feel like I play a lot the same way Jesse Lumsden did when he was in Edmonton. Um, definitely similar style in that. Like, not I'm not a guy that's gonna that's gonna absolutely blow you away with speed, but I think I've got a good I've got a good decisive step. I can get upfield quickly and. I pride myself on knowing where I'm supposed to be in the where I'm supposed to be at the right time. Right? That's what that's what I think a good running back is able to do. Is you know what spot you're going to be in, and that's something that guys like Andrew Harris playing who's was in BC and he's moving to Winnipeg now. Guys like him, I really I really value watching him. He is he's a guy where he's never in the wrong spot. He always knows exactly where he has to be, and he makes a play when he has to. So. He's a special player and i really try to model my game after what he does yeah
0: well and it's interesting too and I, and I know when when uh the, the chris jones coaching staff that has now departed the edmonton mm-hmm. eskimos they said in some ways running the ball was the third priority for a running back you need to be a good blocker and you need
1: to be a good pass catcher as well mm-hmm, absolutely and that's something that we pride ourselves on within our group our coach said our number one one priority when we're on the football field is we're never going to fumble. Like, ball security is absolutely the most important thing. And number two, we're going to be excellent in our pass protection. And that went along with our system at the time. And now, moving forward, we know that we need to be just as good in our pass protection and just as good in knowing where we're supposed to be in terms of routes, in terms of the pass game, and then running the ball comes after that.
0: You an Eskimos fan growing up?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No hesitation there. You have an NFL team?
1: Ah, no, not particularly. I'm a big fan. My dad absolutely loves the Arizona Cardinals. So oh, wow! He's a huge, he's a huge <laughs> Bruce Arians fan. Oh, no he way! Bruce Arians fan, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so he's they're always they're always a fun team to watch. Their defense is something special. So, but definitely Eskimos growing up the whole way through.
0: Right on. Well, Ed, thanks for catching up with you. I didn't realize, catching up with us, I didn't realize we'd be getting you right after practice. So thanks for making time for uh, Inside Sports. You're a great interview and all the best coming up from May 10th to 14th when you go to Montreal to uh, represent the U of A at the East West Bowl. I hope we can talk to you after that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate the time.
0: That is Ed Ilnicki joining us tonight. Man, great interview. Running back for the U of A Golden Bears. All the best to him as uh, he continues to pursue his football career and, yeah, hopefully gets the Golden Bears further along in the right direction and back into the playoffs. It is 8-16. The Eskimos were certainly in the right direction last season. You may remember they won the Grey Cup. Morley Scott has the Eskimos show on Sunday. He has a preview up next.
2: You're listening to Inside
0: Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Ched. Very excited to tell you that we are getting ready for the 23rd year in a row to bring you the 630 Ched Gary Drager Memorial Golf Classic. This will honor 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous Elf, Head Elf, Gary Drager. Uh, 18 holes of Laughs, memories, and mulligans every year. Going to be out at the Links in Spruce Grove once again. Mark the date, Friday, June 17th. Now we have room for 144 golfers. You'll tee off at 8:30. You get a full breakfast. You get a full dinner. Prizes along the way as well. So registration, $195 per golfer. You can sign up individually or as a team. You can get the registration form right on our website, 630 chcom or during business hours. Uh, You know, obviously, uh, during the day on weekdays, 5204 84th Street. Now, here's the thing. If you register as an early bird, that's before May 16th. So in the next month, you still got time to do this. You'll be entered to win a $500 Ruth Chris gift card. uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse gift card, $500. And don't forget, all net proceeds from this tournament go to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, which helps us bring Christmas to over 25,000 Edmonton children every year details again on the website or if you have the 630 chet app uh since i've become a Ched employee i've been able to take part in this for uh i think i've golfed in it two or three times and uh just seeing everything that 630 Ched santa's anonymous does and all the people who work hard for it it's just really incredible we're so proud of it so if you're inclined to have a day of golf and you might get to pre- meet brian hall what what could beat that Golfing, helping kids, meeting Brian Hall. There it is, everything you need in life. Uh, you might even get to meet Morley Scott. if you, oh, He might be away for football that day. But uh, Morley Scott, play-by-play voice of the Eskimos here on 630 Chetty has the Eskimos Show coming up on Sunday. Morley, how are you doing?
3: I'm good, Reed, How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great,
0: buddy. Eskimos Show uh, off and running for another season already. Man, big, big news yesterday with Mike Riley. Oh, eh?
3: absolutely huge news uh, with Mike Riley. And I love the way it was done. It just snuck up on everybody and they made the announcement. I, it would have been, you know, at the end of last season, Uh, Before Riley left town, after the celebration and everything, there was already questions coming up about, hey, you're going in the last year of your contract next year. So I can't imagine how those questions and how much people would be talking about that if indeed he went into the last year of his contract without a new deal in place. Uh, Ed Hervey did the smart thing, and he eliminated all those thoughts of of, uh, Riley maybe leaving or or a problem there and signed him. Three-year contract and lots of money, which... He's worth. I mean, he's the uh, he's uh, probably the most uh, he's the most highest paid quarterback in the league, or will be by the end of the contract, and should be because he's probably the best quarterback in the league right now. Well, it's funny. We talk a
0: lot about stats, et cetera, et cetera, with quarterbacks, completion percentage, yards per game. And last night, I said I could read you stats. But here's the one that matters: Great Cup MVP. I and mean, when
3: you when you win, you don't look at
0: the stats. When so he much. plays,
3: they win. Simple as that. I mean, right. he's in the last two seasons. They're twenty and four when he plays. They're twenty and four when he starts a game. Do you remember the last time he lost a game? The Eskimos lost a game that he started and finished and finished yeah where he wasn't didn't get hurt in the game so that oh. takes out the playoff game uh, two years ago takes off takes takes out off the Fort, Fort McMurray game
0: though he played most of it and didn't yeah. play well but he didn't finish the game okay hang on hang on um
3: I I don't Morley was it October of 2014 in Toronto was the last oh, that's that- a year and a half he okay. hasn't lost a game for a year and a half that he started and finished. That's insane. Yeah, I don't even it, remember that game. Yeah, it's uh it was a wild one. Is that it, the one they it, fell behind and they No, that was the. They came, They tried to come back late and and didn't. Uh, the one thing I remember from that game, Xander Robinson scored a touchdown, uh, in uh, in his first season as a converted fullback from a defensive line, and the Eskimos of course signed him uh, this offseason. Right at that so, time, he was an. Yeah, Argo. At that Christ. time he was with the Argos. Yeah. So yeah, that it, it's uh, it's been a long time since Mike Riley lost a football game. So uh, worth. Every penny and probably more. All right. So the Eskimo show at four o'clock
0: uh, Sunday. What do what do you have cooking? Buddy? We
3: got the King brothers in. Oh, uh, good. Really cool. We sat down. I, I sat down with them and uh, we taped the we taped the show. Uh, it, just a great conversation with Neil King and Ryan King, uh, who of course are going to play together this year. But you know some of the things I learned is really when you think about it, it everyone's going. Oh, it's cool. They get to play together, right? They're brothers. Well, they played together almost th- the last three years when Neil was in Hamilton were the only three years they haven't played together. They played high school together. They played junior football together. They played uh, college football together uh, and played, like, I mean, together. I mean, they're, they were both linebackers or one was a, uh, a middle linebacker, one was a safety, whatever. So they were always communicating on the field, always playing with each other. So they're really looking forward to uh, playing together this year. Here's another thing you learn about, too. I don't want to spill the beans for Sunday at 4 o'clock <laughs> right here on 6.30. Chad, but their grandfather played in Wimbledon. Really? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear more about yeah, that. So okay. Uh, we'll Here's get a little that teaser. On, uh, we'll get, and, and also, uh, Neil King once crashed Jason Moss's Grey Cup party at his house. Uh-oh. So we'll hear about all that on Sunday. Okay. Uh, now, what the Eskimos, Mike Riley is in Florida. Mm-hmm
0: and with a bunch of guys that I guess we don't know if they're going to be his teammates or not.
3: No, that's that's what we'll find out over the next little while. Uh, the way I understand how it works is the Eskimos have signed some players. They haven't announced these players yet. They bring them to their, uh, their mini camp, and the Eskimos treat this mini camp like most other teams treat their rookie camp. Uh, which they hold the three days or four days before main camp starts and the Eskimos will make some decisions on some players there some will be released some will have their contracts announced and they'll be at main camp uh, but I think maybe the most important thing about and and this mini camp by the way is the same mini camp that in the last few years Willie Jefferson, Dexter McCoyle and Darrell Walker have come out of right. so they get guys from this camp. They'll have a play-in day tomorrow, and then they'll take a few guys from from tomorrow's uh, open tryout and move them into the into the main mini camp, which goes Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, but the, I think the most important thing for this, and I remember having the conversation, I had it with with, uh, Jason Moss and we had it on the Eskimo show the last couple of weeks, but I had the same conversation and the same thing was said by Chris Jones uh, his first mini camp. He said it's so important for the coaches because this is going to be our first time running a practice as a coaching staff and it's going to be important for the coaches to get used to each other, to get used to how Jason Moss wants practices to be run and how things are dictated throughout uh, practices on the field. So it's important for the coaching staff and also important for Mike Riley who's going to have a few offensive players down there. Uh, not many from what I hear. I know Adarius Bowman is going down, I believe as well, uh, because it's the first time to to take that new playbook that he's got off the pages and put it on the field. So get a chance to to ask questions and to try and execute the new playbook that uh, he's going to have to do this year. Alright, more really looking forward to it. Sunday at 4. You got it. Thanks, Reed. That is Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Eskimos
0: here on 630 Chad, host of the Eskimos Show. Hope you can tune in this weekend. When we get back, the founder of the Running Room to talk a little bit about running, fitness, all that fun stuff as we take you into the summer, John Stanton. I can tell you in advance any questions for John, give us a text to 630-630. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. right, here's your NHL update. Overtime looming again in St. Louis. 1-1, the Blues in Chicago, about six minutes left. The Predators and Ducks are about to start. Oh, by the way, uh, Chicago on the power play, just starting the power play in St. Louis. The Panthers beat the Islanders 3-1, that series even at one. The Lightning in a game that got a little nasty at the end, 5-2 over Detroit. So the lightning go up 2 nothing in that series. going to be a fun weekend in the NHL playoffs. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports. Very pleased to welcome into studio the founder of the running room, John Stanton. Hey, John.
2: Hey, Reed, Good to join you. I always like to join a fellow runner.
0: Yes. Well, you're a little more prolific than me, <laughs> but, I, but I have made it a part of my life. Did you go for a run today?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, after work today, I got a quick run in, then took my wife for a steak dinner and then joined you here.
0: Well, you are a gentleman. (laughs)
2: Uh, How many days a week will you run? I, I like to run every day, you know. Some days I, I run more for my head than uh, for my body. Uh, but I like to run anywhere from uh, about 5K up to 8K most days. And then once per week I like to get a little longer run in of 10, 12K, maybe up to 15K, depending on what, what's going on in the, in the world. And then if as I'm traveling around I go to the various stores, sometimes I'll get hooked up with one of the marathon groups and get dragged out for 20K or something. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, my, my racing days are, are it's kind of ancient history. More today, you think of myself as a coach. And I spend a lot of time uh, with beginner runners, with runners getting, just getting started, trying to motivate people into, you know, taking those first steps and doing like I did at, you know, my mid-30s or mid-40s or mid-50s, whatever the yeah. age is. Uh, many people decide, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give this running thing a try. And once they try it and get hooked on it, I mean, it becomes a lifelong sport for them
0: what's the biggest barrier do you think for people who want to take up running but are having trouble sticking with it or getting going
2: fear of embarrassment really uh, yeah yeah I can tell you that you know most people are starting it because a they were smoking or maybe it's weight control that they're they're dealing with uh, and you know the first time I can remember doing it and, and I did it under the cover of darkness so my neighbors couldn't see this chubby little guy running around the block and you know when you go out the door the first time and you put a pair of sneakers on and you start running through the neighborhood. Of course, everybody in your neighborhood says, hey, Reed or John, how come, what are you doing? You're going through this midlife crisis I saw you out running. And sometimes I tell people when you first start, start by walking. You know, go out and walk for uh, you know, until th- you can work up to three or five K of walk because when you walk through the neighborhood, nobody pays any attention <laughs> to you. You, just, you know, if they do, they just say, oh, I saw you out for a walk last night. But, but it's not like you're trying to be athletic. But as soon as you put the, the pair of sneakers on and a pair of track pants yeah. Or shorts then all of a sudden you're you're sort of designated as being a athlete the other thing you know we've done at the running room is we've Put people in a group environment because that takes the fear away. Right. All of a sudden, you're out with a group of people. You're running through the neighborhoods or in the river valley on the trails, and you know you're talking about sports, you're talking about politics, you're gossiping about what's going on in the community, <laughs> you're telling crazy jokes, and and it's like when you were a kid and joined a soccer team. You you all of a sudden become oblivious to what's around you and you focus in on what you're doing, and and all of a sudden you know where you thought it was a challenge to on your own go out and run two or three kilometers. You do it in a group environment. You come back, and then all of a sudden, you want to join that group for muffin, coffee, or beer and nachos afterwards. So you know it, it becomes social as well as uh, physical too. I think that's the important part of it.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it too. And I I I, I run alone partly because I work yeah. unusual hour. Well, not unusual, but off hours for right. a lot of people. But but when you meet another runner or somebody who's done a race, I mean, I, I find it so encouraging. And really, once you get into it. There's nothing to be embarrassed about because there's no judgment. I no, mean, and, and that's I mean you, right. you sure you if you do a race, you might tell somebody your time, you might ask somebody else their time, but it's never like oh well that's too slow. Like it's no. always just like great that's good. How, right. Is that a PB? Like you know it's always it's always relative to that individual's goals and experience.
2: Yeah, and there's that instant kinship. You, you said you know when you meet somebody and discover they're a runner, all of a sudden you got this great thing in common. And uh, I've seen that with people too when they get out with a running group. You know they they meet some good friends and they maybe train for the Edmonton you know 10K or half marathon or full marathon and they train as a group getting ready for that. And then they'll get split up or somebody'll move and. They then you won't see each other for 5 or 10 years and you'll get back and there's that instant bondship again with those runners unlike somebody who've gone to school with where you know you run into them 10 years later and your interests have changed and and you you don't have that same connection that you maybe did in high school i think with runners we have that common uh, sense of community and I think what running does, it builds a sense of community in a time that our our world needs more of it. You know, we've got a lot of stress going on in our lives. We're all busier than we've ever been before. And, you know, stress comes at us from political, financial. You know, our country's been at war even. And, and yet when we get out and go for a run, it's that escape. It's being childlike and allowing us to play again.
0: Yeah. John Stanton, founder of The Running Room, joining us on Inside Sports. It's 8.39 wanted to have you in because of of the changing season and we're we're pretty lucky because this has been a a great april uh so far the snow went it's been it's been pretty warm but it's that time where um responsibilities might be changing Mm -hmm. for people the kids are done hockey or they're done their beer league or or whatever and plus it's easier to go outside the days are longer but that can come with with some challenges what what's What's some key advice for people who maybe haven't been as active as they would like in the winter sure. and now are ready to get going in? Things well, that's so true. So court.
2: many people over the winter, you know, they're they're following hockey or they're just backed off because of the weather conditions. And and now with no hockey in Edmonton, we we're, we're all got a little extra time on our hands and, and we're looking to the great weather that we've had and we want to get back. And my cautionary to those people is, is just be careful and remember to be gentle and progressive in your training. Uh, add about 10% in either intensity or in endurance. In other words, if you're out there and your current level is at at maybe... 10 kilometers per week that you've been running, then you can add a couple of kilometers to that, but but don't add much more than that, and and then if you bump it up one week where you add 10% in your total distance, uh, the next week maybe increase the intensity a little bit. Okay. Uh, because, you know, the, the key is to not get injured, because sometimes when we come back, we say, hey, I remember what this feels like, and we put the hammer down, we start to run a little too fast, and the next thing we know, we're limping around and we miss a couple or three days, or a couple, worse yet, a couple couple or three weeks, so it's better to take a, and, and just be a little guarded on as you come back. Two ways to do that. One is set a goal. Number one, you should have a goal that you're kind of working towards, and that could be anything from the Terry Fox run to the breast cancer run, or maybe the Canada Day run here in Edmonton, or the other popular one is the marathon weekend where you've got 10K half right. marathon or full marathon. You can pick your punishment to, that you want on there, but have a specific goal. And it, it could be Melissa's in the fall that you're going to sort of train and that's going to be your big race. But if you have a goal that gives you something to work towards. That gets your butt out the door on the days that you say, I'm too tired and what have you. Because often we're we're not too tired. We're too tired mentally not physically. And we need that goal to kind of get our motivation to get out the door and try to be consistent. And then as you're going through your program, start with the early part of your program is endurance. In other words, just worry about running for a specific amount of time so that you get used to it. Okay. Get out, if you're currently running 30 minutes, try to work it up to about 45 minutes, you know, a few times per week, and then one day per week, st- start adding 10 minutes to that, just one day. So that you keep your 45 minutes where three or four times a week you're running, and then on the long run day, f- which for most of us is going to be the Saturday or the Sunday, start going to 45, to 50, to 60, so that you're working up a long run, because you'll see the real benefit comes from that once a week long run. That That is magical in building it it. After you've done that for about eight weeks or so, then incorporate some hills. You can either, if you're a little bit of a masochist, you can go over to you know, uh, Horlock Hill or one of those hills right. and do hill repeats. If you're kind of like me and a little bit lazy on that, I like to go to the river valley and just run a river valley because you get well, lots you of get hills. you get the changes in elevation. Yeah, you uh, get the changes in elevation. And after you've done that for about six to eight weeks, then you add in some speed. Then you go to some way place like the legislative building where you've got that nice kind of loop that goes down, and it, it kind of you lose elevation as you come down in front of the ledge towards the river there. It's a nice downhill, gradual downhill, and it's a good place to do some accelerations. So you take somewhere between four and eight hundred meters and do some accelerations where you run hard downhill, jog easy up back hill, run hard downhill, and and that combination uh, sort of g- is the preparation you need to put a program together. So you have endurance, which is building up your your strength and and endurance. Then you have strength, which is specific. That's doing some hill repeats or right. running some hill hilly workouts. That builds up muscle, skeletal strength, also your cardiovascular system. So when we introduce speed later on, your body's prepared for it and you actually enjoy it. Because if you introduce speed too early, you know, we you, all you hear is the complaining from people that, oh, yeah. I don't want to do that run faster. I like to run, but I don't want to have that heavy breathing and heavy sweating stuff. Right.
0: <laughs> uh- John Stanton in studio, founder of The Running Room. Got a text here to 630-630. Sure. This individual says, I'm 25, and I suffer severe shin splints. Do you have any advice?
2: Yeah, well, shin splints are often, you know, that, that's a torquing action on our foot. And mm-hmm. often that's just get properly fitted uh, with a good pair of shoes. You know, go to a sports sporting goods stores where they know how to fit you properly, and they'll fit you properly into a pair of shoes. It's much, much like wearing eyewear. You know, it's specific to you, and shoes are much the same. If you get into the proper shoes, that'll help because it's the pronation. It's usually somebody with a flatter foot who's going to suffer shin splint okay. because pronation is where your foot is floppy and it it collapses towards the inside as the arch collapses as you put your weight on. And, and what that does, that causes a torquing action on the shin. Every time your foot flattens out, that causes a torquing action. And that's what a lot of shin splint issues are g- caused from. The other thing people get shin splints is when they first start running Or when they've been away from running or just running sort of recreational-type running and then they decide, oh, I'm going to train for something specific, and they start charging up and doing some hills, or they do speed, and again, they've shifted their weight. In other words, when you think about when we run slower at a more casual pace, we're more heel-toe action, and we run through the full stride. When we start to run a little faster, there's that weight shift where we get a little more forward on our foot. So if you've been running hills, if you've been running uh, stairs, that sometimes will lead to shin splints as well okay okay if you have them ice them handful of ice rub it and massage ice them if you go to a physiotherapist they don't give you a bag of peas they'll give you an ice massage or they'll put you in an right. ice bath to deal with it
0: okay 845 John Stanton literally wrote the book on running it's called Running. We're going to give away a copy. Uh, first caller through to 780-496-0063. Well, you've, this has been out a few years now, eh?
2: Yeah, this one, this current book has been out uh, four years now. Okay. My most current book is uh, is one on family fitness. Nice. And uh, it's trying to get kids, you know, read one of the challenges we have in Canada is obesity rates with children, and we we got to get kids active. All
0: so right. We, John, we're going to stick with you here after the break. We want to talk a little bit about uh, diet and, and, sure. and weight loss and how that does or doesn't yep. maybe tie into uh, some of the activity uh, you might want to take part in. Inside Sports on 630 Chat, back in a couple minutes. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chad. All right, uh, early goal for the Nashville Predators. James Neal, less than two minutes in. They're up 1-0 on the Ducks. Chicago now up 3-1 on St. Louis. Looks like they're going to win it. A minute 20 left there. The Lightning beat the Wings 5-2. Panthers beat the Islanders 3-1. That AJHL game is into the third. Brooks up 2-1 on Spruce Grove. That's game one of the league final. The Oilers' farm team, Bakersfield, playing in Milwaukee tonight. They're up 5-2 late in the third. The Blue Jays lose 5-3 up against the uh, Boston Red Sox tonight. Bentley will play for the Allen Cup final uh, for the championship tomorrow. Uh, they beat Shelbrook 3-1 Southeast and Grand Falls in the other semifinals still in progress. Reed Wilkins with you. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's 8.51. Congratulations to Vicki. She wins the book Running by John Stanton, the founder of The Running Room, who is in studio now. John, great to see you, first of all. Thanks for coming in on a Friday. Uh, we only got about six or seven minutes left. I I won't be able to fit in everything I <laughs> want to ask you. So you're going to have to come back later in the summer. Yeah. But a lot of people want to lose weight. Yep. And they say, so I'm going to start running slash exercising. Yes. Whatever. How is, does that, is there an equal sign between those yeah, two? Yeah, there is.
2: I mean, you, yeah. you still have to think about what you're eating, you know, no matter how much you run. And we've all known runners who had uh, horrific diets. And, and uh, if, even if they didn't put on weight, maybe just had a high metabolism, uh, they weren't that healthy. So try to eat healthy. And, you know, I can tell you after, you know, 30 years of coaching people, uh, and I've seen all the diets from cabbage soup to watermelon to Correct. Scarsdale, you name them all. The diet that stood the test of time for all of that is the Canada Food Guide. Use it as a guide. It's not a diet. It's a guide. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminds us to eat healthy. In other words, eat your fruits and vegetables, uh, try to cut down on fats and oils in your in your diet, and, and try to exercise. Try to be regular routine and exercise. I'm convinced the more regular we are in our exercise, the more there's a natural transition to healthier eating. The less I run, and if I miss a few days for some reason, that's when I'm going to have the nachos and the beer or dish ice cream or, or something that maybe isn't as good for me, where if I'm running on a regular basis, I think about what I'm going to eat. If I'm going out for lunch with people, you know, I think about, gee, I'm, I'm not going to have that dessert at lunchtime because i got to run to get, in, enjoy later on in the evening. If I'm at Timmy's and doing like everybody does, having a coffee, I'll look at the chocolate Bavarian donut and say, that looks so good. But then I'll think, gee, if I run after eating that, I'll get that after burp yeah. where, you you know, a cinnamon raisin bagel may not taste as good, but but it's going to satisfy me and allow me to perform better. So think of your food as performance rather than pleasure. That's the key, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And I found with, uh, I mean, I lost a, a little bit of weight last summer just because I was feeling I was, you know, a little heavier than I needed to be. Right. And, yeah, I found I wasn't suffering. I wasn't giving up foods I enjoyed. No. I couldn't have a little you know, a few little potato chips and dip if I wanted, but yeah, you just think about it a little more. And for me too, I don't know if you feel like le- eating late at night, I yeah. cut, cut that out. Helps. Well, and
2: people who travel and you, you have to eat at, at weird times and you're eating a lot of fast foods. And, and the problem with our, our Canadian and North American diet is salts and sugars. Mm-hmm. And, and I encourage people to start reading labels if they can. Like if you're going to the grocery store, read the label on what's in there. Cause if you're buying a, you know, I, I like soup is a good choice to go to because you, You think it's healthy, but yet my favorite soup was clam chowder, which is, if you look at the fat and sodium content on it, it's over the mountain. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're making positive choices when you're there and learning to read labels, learning to, in some of the restaurants, just look at the calorie count on them or think about what's going into that, you know, or or say to them, gee, can I have the the dressing on the side? And then you decide how much dressing you're going to put on that salad. And chicken salad may be good, but if it's loaded with heavy dressing or they've marinated that chicken in a salt yeah. uh, bath and it's going to be high in sodium and a high in fat and you can eliminate a lot of that just by little choices and, and saying to the kitchen, can you do it this way?
0: A uh, couple minutes left, is there a Is there a best time of day for the body to run or is that individual?
2: Well, you know, people who run in the morning will say I like to run in the morning because I get it out of the way. I, you know, have that nice pleasurable feeling that I'm kind of guilt-free all day because I've got my (laughs) run in. I talk to other people who say I love to run at noon hour because it breaks my day up, it de-stresses my my afternoon and I come back and I feel energized. People who are in high stress situations say I love to run after work because I come home from work, I'm stressed out. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I go for my run. I come back energized. People who run in the evening say, I love to run at night because I rev up my metabolism and then I, I burn calories while I'm sleeping. And and some sometimes if, if you're going to burn some extra calories while you're sleeping and you're trying to lose some weight, that's not a bad avenue. Right. So I think the, the secret to it is run when it fits your schedule. Run when you, you get the most reward from it. Because the more rewards you get from it, the more likely you're going to be consistent in your training. Training.
0: All right. Uh, it's runningroom.ca. Uh, yep, several yep. stores, obviously, in Edmonton. I, I go to the one on 109th. Everybody yep. knows that one. Um, and, and the runningroom.ca, you can check out races if you want to get involved. There's lots of training
2: or, information.
0: Exactly. Yep. So uh, you mentioned the Canada Day one. That one is fun. Yep. I do that every year. Um, when's the marathon this year August
2: August uh, 28th I think it is August okay Yeah and the I other thing the spot yeah there, but no but but go to runningroom.ca and they can get that information and also Wednesday nights Sunday mornings at any running room in in Canada for that matter people can drop in it's free they can get out with another group if people are sort of just beginning let just notify the people when you arrive they'll hook you up with a group that's going at your pace and your distance if you're training for a marathon and looking to tra- find a buddy uh, again Wednesdays and Sundays there's a good chance and when people get out in a group environment it takes that fear of embarrassment away really adds to the motivation and inspiration all they got to do is add a little perspiration in their way to the races.
0: John great stuff I hope we can do this again later this summer. Great read. That is John Stanton checking in tonight from the running room. Also, tonight on Inside Sports, you heard from Morley Scott, Ed Elnicki, Jeremy Behrens was our feature tonight in Living the Dream. Oilers play by play voice Jack Michaels and Gord Wilson wrapping up the Ottawa Senators season. The studio producer this evening has been Kellen Kennedy. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's always a pleasure to bring you Inside Sports on
1: 6:30.